Welcome to the Resilient Leader Podcast, brought to you by Firestarter Business Solutions, igniting and sustaining your business growth. In this podcast, we are attempting to get under the skin of today's business leaders and find out how they deal with the vicissitudes of managing their teams and businesses. In other words, how they cope with all the bumps in the road that are an inevitable part of being the boss. By talking to business leaders from a variety of backgrounds and industries, we hope to gain some understanding of their approach to business success and how that works in an unpredictable world. My name is Dave Harris, and I'm very happy to welcome Miles McNamee as our special guest on the podcast today. Miles is the Senior Vice President of Enterprise Sales at ReadCube, a global technology company developing software for researchers, publishers, academic and commercial organisations. Miles studied marketing and business at university before starting his career in sales and marketing at a cable TV company in 1991. Since then, he has worked in a variety of TV and publishing-related organisations in business development, affiliate marketing and licensing, holding several VP and senior VP positions in large corporates. He joined ReadCube in July 2020 and is based in Denver, Colorado, from where he joins us now. Miles, a very warm welcome to the podcast. Tell me a little bit about ReadCube and your role within it. So ReadCube is a literature management system. So as researchers are advancing research, whether in academia or in an enterprise setting, they need to remain organized. And there's, I call it the data dilemma. So say I'm a bench scientist at Pfizer and I'm working on diabetes. There's so much information coming at me about diabetes. I need, number one, what's current and what's applicable to my research, and I need to stay organized. Our software um, allows a researcher or the greater organization to remain organized, remain compliant, and accelerate knowledge management within their organization. And it occurs to me that at the moment, with the huge amount of research that's going on into COVID-19, this must be more relevant than ever. More relevant than ever. And, and it's really neat for me. It's very satisfying. I realize that I'm selling software, but in some way, shape or form, I believe I'm helping address you know, the COVID issues around, uh, around the world because those, co those companies, all the ones developing vaccines, they are clients of Recube. And they're using our software as part of their organization's advancement of research. Again, it accelerates research, it promotes collaboration, and it allows them to be able to submit their, to the Federal Drug Association or whatever the appropriate association is in the UK to get approvals on vaccines. We manage that end to end for them. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about resilience, which is the theme of this podcast. And I wonder whether you could tell me in your view as a, as a very experienced leader, how important you think re resilience is for that role? Well, it, it's part of the game. You know, if you're not resilient, you know, get on the bench, if you will. I can go back to my days at, um, working for, for Liberty Media. And I had a leader there, his name was John C. He was a Chinese immigrant as, as a child, and he went to university, and he just worked hard. And his whole, whole approach was kind of the Protestant work ethic. Work hard, and good things will happen. And we would get knocked back, and he would get right back up. So I, I really take my leadership skill after experience from working with John. And the, the whole thing, it's like a, I don't know, it's, 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 it's like if you ever saw Rocky V or Rocky whatever it was. There's one scene where Rocky says, it's not how hard you can hit. It's how hard you can get hit, get up and keep moving forward. That's resilience in my mind. And do you think, you know, obviously the last six months have been very challenging for a lot of companies, a lot of individuals. Do you think it matters more to be resilient 
in, in a crisis or is it something you have to have all the time as a leader? I think it's an all the time, in, in, in my opinion. So yes, people are experiencing resilience because it affects them both personally and professionally in this time of the pandemic. But for a leader, it's all about you know, looking for opportunity, getting knocked back, getting back up, and getting, and getting back on the path looking for that opportunity. I keep a, a whiteboard in my office here in, in terms of my reminders of resilience. Enjoy the journey. Have fun doing what you're doing. Remain curious. Like, I'm, I'm really curious what this winter is going to bring. God forbid, it's bad things. I, I, I pray for good things, but I'm curious as to what's going to happen. Keep my perspective. Understand my sphere of influence, what I can control and can contribute to, and make sure that I'm taking care of myself, you know, both personally and professionally. So let's talk a little bit about the last six months because we, we it's, it's kind of something we can't avoid, really. Um, I, from what you said earlier, clearly your software is more important than ever at the moment. So hopefully that's been good for your business. But there must have been challenges uh, that you faced uh, in the last six months, the last seven months. So could you tell me how you've dealt with the current crisis and, and how your business has responded? So I'll merge personal and professional. My last company, actually where I met um, Chris O'Riordan and his team at Firestarter was a company called Highwire. The company sold in February and I got a nice neat little package in search of my next job, and I thought I was in the catbird seat. I actually flew to um, Bologna, Italy to be with my son who was studying um, at the University of Bologna at the time, and we went up to the Dolomites to go skiing. Little did I know that I was in the Petri dish of COVID germs at that time, right? I come back, COVID hits, and here I am, you know, 58 years old, looking for my next job, and the economy had tanked. It was like a, oh my goodness, moment. I took a week off, kind of got my head on straight, and really put my resilience cap back on and said, all right, time to go to work. And every day I got up and I, I prioritized the company I was, uh, I was targeting. And I felt so fortunate by really early June, I had networked my way into an opportunity with Digital Science and ReadCube. And I feel really, really fortunate to be, not only to be working in this environment, because there's so many people who aren't, but to be contributing to cures for the pandemic. So, Miles, obviously this was a, a particularly challenging moment for you, as you just said, because you were, were looking for a new role as well as trying to deal with what everybody else was trying to deal with in terms of the pandemic. So I wonder, given obviously that you, you know, resilience is very important and you, and you clearly have a lot of resilience and you've, you've been very successful in finding your new role and that sort of thing, could you give me examples of how you maintain resilience? I mean, you already mentioned things about the whiteboard and things like that that you have in your in your office, but are there specific things you do every day, habits, rituals, that sort of thing, which you think help? I, I know this is really old school, but I, I, I will self-identify as a neurotic Irish Catholic. Um, most of my days start with a prayer, and it's a prayer of thanks, and it's a prayer I, I regularly ask for strength, direction, patience, and resilience. Um, so it, 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 it's, it starts with prayer. And also, probably four days out of the seven, I start with exercise. I wanna try to get the negative energy out um, and leave it on the mat, if you will, so that I can focus and, and be present in my business. So I wonder whether the period of the COVID-19 crisis has 
taught you anything about yourself or about business or about resilience for that matter? I mean, have you changed your mind about any aspect of the way you go about your business or, or your philosophy as a result of this crisis? The obvious, it's an absolute giant shift for me to move from in-person selling you know, once once you you know you're in conversation with a with a company, to be able to travel there, meet them in person, sit in a boardroom, be able to read the room and have that interpersonal communication, to everything being virtual, it, it really has been a giant giant shift for me and a major adjustment, and it, it ties back to resilience because everyone is making a similar shift. All of my clients are making similar similar shifts. My, my staff is making similar shifts. And I think people have become more understanding. You know, chances are my, the cat will, will kind of walk across the camera here in a few minutes. And it happens with clients on, on, on important calls. But coming back to being resilient, all the same steps of sales and marketing still need to be um, addressed. You need to, you know, make sure that you understand the client's needs. Does your product address the client's needs and would it help them solve the client's needs? Draw them into conversation so that there's a win-win in, in pursuit. But the biggest shift of all is being able to, to, to get to a conclusion of, of that opportunity in virtual. You know, uh, I, I remember running the gauntlet um, just prior to leaving Highwire and there were 16 people in a boardroom, including five for procurement, to make a decision while I was at Highwire. That just doesn't happen anymore in a virtual setting. You mentioned your team just now, and I, I wanted to ask you about them because clearly one of the things a leader has to do is inspire their team and to bring their team with them uh, with any decisions and changes that are happening. And, and clearly a lot of changes have happened recently. So do you think it's important, essential even, that the, the leader has this very positive influence over the team and, and indeed could transfer some of the coping skills, some of the resilience techniques to the people that work for them? Absolutely. Um, I am a, uh, an advocate and maybe a disciple is, a, is an interesting word of, uh, of a business book written back in the 80s by Charles Coonrad called The Game of Work. I approach work as if it were a game. You understand the rules of the game, you understand how to keep score, and then you advance uh, in the game. What gets measured gets done. What gets measured and reported back to the team and individual sellers and contributors gets done faster. And what gets uh, measured gets reported back and publicly posted on a scoreboard, or in today's world, a Salesforce dashboard, is best. And my job in that is to be the coach. So here we are at the last week of the month. Um, I have one seller who's just terrific She's got a, over 100,000 in opportunity between now and Friday, and she was really frustrated yesterday. So my job isn't to you know, beat her around the head and neck. My job is to coach her and say, have you tried this? these things? Stay loose. Understand your sphere of influence. Understand, you know, keep, keep this all in perspective. It doesn't close this month, it'll close next month. And getting that positivity across through the virtual screen you really have to be more animated than you would generally be if, if you were in the office with them and they, could, and they could see your energy. Do you think it is possible to do it to the same degree when you're Absolutely. doing it in the virtual world? It takes more, more frequent um, touches. It's not like you can like, walk around the corner, go visit them at their desk or you know, catch up over the, uh, at, at the coffee maker. So you know, I reach out in Slack, I reach out in texts, 
Um, we goof around a little bit on the weekends. You know, we just had our, our World Series here yesterday, and I was texting back and forth with some of our East Coast sellers about uh, a player on the Dodgers team. Keeping, you know, things, you know, the concept of team, the concept of everybody pulling on the same rope together. And I try to lead by example by staying loose and staying positive. And, and, and in a lot of ways, that comes back to that, that core resilience. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how your approach to business resilience translates over into your personal life as well. You already mentioned the fact that the crisis for you, the pandemic crisis, was did have a personal element because you had to find a new job kind of in the middle of it. But I wonder whether the same, whether you think the same sort of set of rules and techniques and habits and rituals and things apply to personal resilience as business resilience. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll go back in the time machine here a little bit. Um, the McNamies um, were happy in um, outside of Denver. It was 2007, just prior to the, the crash, the last economic crash. And daughter number one's a brainiac, daughter number two's a brainiac. My son inherited dyslexia from both sides of the family, my side and my bride's side. And we could not find a solution in Denver. Uh, we actually tried homeschooling and failed miserably. But we kept going, looking for a solution. And wouldn't you know, we went online and said, schools for dyslexics. And we found a school, all of five towns from where my wife grew up outside of Boston, called the Landmark School. The whole family went and saw it. The whole family said, this is where Andrew needs to be. And I left Liberty Media. We, we packed up lock, stock, and barrel and moved to Boston and figured it out. I moved there without a job. I made sure that my son was in the right place. I made sure that my daughters were in school and, and set, and then applied the same practice I did this past February. I got to work, I focused on um, what I needed to do, and I was very, very fortunate to, to, to be able to, to land professionally. We were there 10 years, and it worked for my son. So again, the, the, the whole focus and, and leading by example for my, for my family he worked hard to overcome some of his learning differences. And he came back to university here in Colorado and the whole family followed him. We're all back here. Um, and actually in, in early times of COVID, we were, all of us were under one roof for 10 weeks for the first time in 12 years. And it was, it was just wonderful. That, when you say it was just wonderful, I mean, it, it must have been quite interesting having not lived together for a while to suddenly be all under the same roof. We, 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 all, we all like movies. We all like um, playing games and cards and things. Really, the, the, the joke is the only thing that it changed is the kids are old enough to drink now. So we went through a crap ton of booze. Right. Uh, we, we, you know, sit, sitting there having a gin and tonic, you know, after work in, and, and playing, you know, gin rummy with, with the family we would go down to the, to the movie room and, and watch a movie together. It was really, really neat. And, and you could see, I feel really proud that my wife and I have raised three very different, very productive, but very independent children and how those three personalities came back into the house. And it was, and again, it was weird at times, but more times it was wonderful. Before we finish, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the role of online forums and networking organizations because as you know this podcast was born from something called the Firestarter forums which uh, I appreciate are three o'clock in the morning for you so uh, so you've got a good excuse for not having attended any of them 
but uh, but nevertheless, for for those of us in in the UK and Europe, they're they're, they're at a reasonably civilized time. My point is, I was wondering whether you think that those sorts of online forums, where you can get to meet other business leaders and and other business people, whether you think they have some value in terms of resilience and and building and keeping that resilience. And the short answer is absolutely. And the first part of of being resilient is being able to sort. Uh, separate the wheat from the chaff, you will. There's so much out there that's light and fluffy and not meaningful. But when you discover something like the Firestarter Forums, and I just participated in in my particular industry, it's a virtual event, a week long, a virtual event sponsored by the Pistoia Alliance, which is about research. And there was so much meaningful exchange and to be able to connect intellectually and virtually to advance on a particular initiative, I find really, really interesting and rewarding. Um, it's one of those you know, where you leave, you end that day, um, you look in the mirror and you say, it was a good day. Today was a productive day. For my last question, I wanted to ask you about the future because obviously one of the one of the biggest roles for a leader is planning, is, is looking at the future and deciding where you're going to go next and all that sort of thing. But given that we are in a particular crisis at the moment, and it is quite difficult, as you mentioned earlier, to see around the corner, to see what's going to happen a few months ahead, let alone in the next year or two. Does that make planning harder? I mean, does, does it make planning a waste of time? I, no, I don't think it's a waste of time at all. It's, you know, uh, my father was a staff sergeant in the Air Force, so I can just hear his voice. Proper planning prevents poor performance, Miles. Proper planning prevents poor performance. So I am a planner. And in our world, in the world of sales, in the world of, uh, of marketing, the fundamentals remain. You need to be able to, to, to identify your targets. You need to be able to have a solution that marries to their need. And you can go right down the path. And, and Firestarter has, has a, a practice that will lead you through this process. We did it at, at Highwire. I just can't stress it enough. They understand what it takes and any organization that is in need of sales and marketing leadership, you, you, you couldn't be in better hands. But they are fundamentals. Um, I, I'm going to speak in baseball terms, forgive me. I know we're in the UK, but it is hit the ball, throw the ball, field the ball. Um, and things don't change in, in, in that regard, um, whether it's in the time of the pandemic or not. Yes, you're going to adjust. Maybe the sales cycles are, lo- are longer. Yes, you're going to adjust. You need to be more flexible with your staff. I have I, all three of members of my sales team have young children and are in and out of remote learning. And you know, sometimes we're working you know at, at seven, eight at night because from three to five in the afternoon they're tutoring their kids. You just have to keep moving forward, and and it is all about planning. Thank you very much, Miles, for joining us on the podcast today. And thank you for talking about baseball as well. I'm a Cubs fan for what it's worth. You've been listening to the Resilient Leader podcast with my special guest, Miles McNamee, Senior Vice President of Enterprise Sales at ReedCube, who's been sharing some of his leadership experience and resilience techniques with us. If you've enjoyed the podcast and found Miles's insight useful, then why not join us on a Firestarter forum where you can meet and swap experiences with many different business leaders. The forums are held online on the second Thursday of every month. They're completely free of charge. All you have to do is register on the Firestarter website at www.firestartersolutions.co.uk. We look forward to you joining us for our next podcast episode. But in the meantime, please subscribe and keep listening.